Hello, welcome back guys. I am going to take a shift because I was listening to a couple of friends in a Twitter space and one of their, um, one of their speakers, I guess you could say, was saying that it is mental health week in the UK and they're speaking to a lot of different things to do with mental health and lots of people came up with varying things that they have been diagnosed with like autism, borderline personality disorder, depression, what have you. So, or being the caretaker, a loved one of someone with one of those issues. And I myself, for those of you who know me already know this, for those who don't, I was diagnosed with severe resistant depression when I was in my early 20s. I'm 40 this year. So I've been in remission for quite a while, thankfully, and have a lot of knowledge and wisdom for what I've been through. And I I do believe there was actually one person in the broadcast that said they didn't feel a need for labels. And um, I actually agree with what one woman said, that she felt like for her, it gave her a lot of answers. So for her personally, it was something that helped her. And for me, it did as well. Um, You go through suffering without answers to what you can do to help yourself. And even though we are very much unique individuals, having a baseline to start off with and learn with through other people in support groups, etc. It really does help. At least it did for me having a diagnosis. Uh, severe, obviously we already know severe depression is bad. It's the severity of it. Um, resistant because I was resistant to the medicine due to having an extremely naturally high adrenaline level. Um, and so a lot of the medicines didn't work, but thankfully, with time and a stubborn therapist, we were able to, uh, and help with the Mayo Clinic of Toronto, we were able to come up with a good regimen that's worked for me, thank God. So I wanted to talk to you guys about healthy relationships because I think it's good to start off on a positive note. Um, because you'll be around certain people and you'll notice when you see them instantly, the feeling they give you is either a ugh, like a lurch in your stomach or they brighten you up, you know, or they can be draining, what have you. So I think it's important to to take note of the healthy ones we have and take note of the unhealthy ones we have. And sometimes it's hard to discern the two because there's a mix of both. So I thought what I would do for this podcast is talk about some research I've done online and you can do this yourself. I'm not a doctor. I can't claim this as fact. But what I found and resonated for me and the people I know and love, healthy relationships, negative relationships, and what you can try to do or steps you can or or things you can look for to see if people are trying to help themselves or in those relationships. So first, we'll start off with the healthy relationships. I'm not going to get personally into my own story. I've told it before online. I have no problem sharing it. I think it helps others. I just don't find that for what I'm looking to do today in this podcast episode that it's congruent to what I'm trying to do. Not to say it couldn't be. I just don't feel like reiterating myself. So (laughs) let's start off with the healthy relationships. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to list off some healthy traits, healthy things that you can notice in your own relationships. 
things that you yourself can do or look for to see if they're patterns that you or your loved ones hold. It doesn't have to be um, just romantic relationships. I think people, especially I notice on social media, tend to go straight for that. A lot of times it can be with your family. A lot of times you'll notice it not. And your friendships, coworkers, I suppose, too, but in all relationship types. So be open to how this fits for you and your loved ones and how this may be something either or may need to work on. So it's keeping your expectations realistic. So no one can be everything and we might want them to be, right? We have such high expectations that we can't attain them, let alone someone else. Healthy relationships means accepting people as they are and not trying to change them. And I do believe that because we'll we'll form relationships with people or even ones we have and we have this expectation of them to be a certain way. Not to say we shouldn't have boundaries and let them, you know, it's not a free-for-all, but we shouldn't expect someone to change or really be anything other than who they claim to be. So talking with each other. So communication obviously is essential to healthy relationships. You need to take the time where you're putting your phones away, TVs off, what have you, distractions, one-on-one communicating and really listening to what the person has to say. Genuinely listen. Do not interrupt or plan what you're going to say next. Try to fully understand their perspective. So I find too often when people are talking, and we all do it, we're so excited to make our next point, we're not actually listening to the wisdom that's right there in front of us. Ask questions, show you're interested, ask about their experiences, feelings, opinions, and interests. Share information. So studies show that sharing information helps relationships begin. Let people know who you are, but don't overwhelm them with too much personal information too soon. Be flexible. It's natural to feel uneasy about changes. Healthy relationships allow for change and growth. And it is a psychological response for, um, and I learned this when I was in college in psychology at Durham College in Oshawa. Um, They spoke of how when we make changes even for the better in group dynamics, especially really close ones like family dynamics, the the family dynamic or the relationship circle will try to bring you back to what they're used to. And it's not even usually intended to do that, but they're so used to things being a certain way. Any sort of changes can be scary, right? So think about that because I think we've all done that. Take care of yourself too. Healthy relationships are mutual with room for both people's needs. No two people are going to be exactly alike. No matter how much you are, you are individuals and we all have our own things to work on. Be dependable. If you make plans with someone, follow through. If you take on a responsibility, complete it. Healthy relationships are trustworthy. And that is, it's it's. You know, walking your walk, talking your talk. If you say you're going to do something, do it. Don't make promises you can't keep. Fight fair. Most relationships have some conflict. It only means you disagree about something, but it does not mean you don't like each other. It just means you're individuals, right? So cool down before talking. The conversation's more productive if you have it when your emotions have cooled off a little so you don't say something you may regret later. 
use I statements. Share how you feel and what you want without asserting blame or motives. So don't go, when you don't call me, I start to feel like you don't care about me. Or you should say something like that. Sorry, I should say that. Um, instead of saying, you never call me when you're away. I guess I'm the only one who cares about this relationship. So instead of sort of putting blame on someone, just show and share how it is that it makes you feel. So keep your language clear and specific. Try to factually describe behavior that you're upset with. Avoiding criticism and judgment. Um, attack the problem, not the person, right? So... You're not putting blame. You're just trying to explain how certain situations, specific situations have made you feel. So focus on the current issue. The conversation is likely to get bogged down if you pile on everything that bothers you, which is why it's good not to let things get stuffed up and then explode later, right? Avoid using always and never languages that um, and address the issue at the time. Like I just said, make sure you're doing it at the present moment. Otherwise, you're going to come at 50,000 different angles. Take responsibility for your mistakes. Apologize if you've done something wrong and be sincere about it. It goes a long way towards setting things right. Recognize some problems are not easily solved. Not all differences or difficulties can be resolved. That's going to happen. You are different people and your values, beliefs, your habits, and personality may not always be in alignment. That's where communication comes in and it helps you understand each other and address concerns. But there are going to be times when things hit your morals that you feel deeply rooted about, right? And they're not going to change. So it's important to figure out for yourself what you can accept when you're in this relationship with someone or when it's now no longer healthy for you be affirming. So the researcher for relationships, John Gottman, says happy couples have a ratio of five positive interactions or feelings for every one negative interaction or feeling express warmth and affection. So I'm not saying you need to count them out. They're just saying on average, that's generally how it works naturally. So try to be positive. Keep your life balanced. Other people help make our lives satisfying but they cannot meet every need. Find what interests you and become involved. Healthy relationships have room for outside activities. And it's a process. It takes time. And it may look like all the other relationships that you see are connected, but most people do have concerns about fitting in with other people and getting along with them. So it takes time to get to know people and actually actually build that kind of a relationship. It takes time, it takes practice, and it takes confidence in yourself. So being yourself and being authentic is going to start the basis of most healthy relationships. I do find that when it comes to relationships, the relationship has to start with yourself. And that's why I like that last point where it spoke to being your authentic self, because none of us are going to be 100% confident about ourselves, but we strive to be, right? We strive to be mentally, spiritually, physically healthy, all those things. And I think because none of us are going to have our lives all together 100%, someone, you know, if you're making friends with someone or getting into a romantic relationship with someone who already has a lot to contend with, but is not actively working towards fixing the issues in their life or bettering their lives and growing as a person, you're going to have issues, especially if you're someone who does the opposite.
because you'll grow and expand as a human and they won't. And that tends to be where partners grow apart, right? So I think the best thing we can do is go into relationships trusting who we are and knowing who we are innately, but always trying to better better ourselves and work on our own well-being because you can't be in healthy relationships if you yourself are not stable with who you are. So the next part we're going to get into is on healthy relationships. So now I'm going to list off some things that can be warning signs for unhealthy relationships. And remember, a lot of people go to romantic relationships, but I find this more common in familial, like family situations, but it can also be in friendships and romance too. And I'm sure coworkers as well. So lack of support. Healthy relationships are based on mutual desire to see the other succeed in all areas of life. So Caraballo says, when things turn toxic, every achievement becomes a competition. So the time you spend together no longer feels positive. You don't feel supported or encouraged, and you can't trust them to show up for you. Instead, you might get the impression that your needs and interests don't matter and they only care about what they want. Toxic communication. Instead of kindness and mutual respect, because all of your relationships, you're supposed to be equals, right? Most of your conversations are filled with sarcasm or criticism and fueled by a contempt, a predictor of divorces, apparently. So this is, this is a question posed. It says, do you catch yourself making snide remarks to your friends or family members? Maybe you repeat what they said in a mocking tone when they're in another room. You may even start dodging their calls just to get a break from the inevitable arguments and hostility. Number three is envy or jealousy. While it's perfectly fine to experience a little bit of envy from time to time, Apparently, and it is, it can become an issue if your envy keeps you from thinking positively about the person that you're in this relationships with their success. So the same goes for jealousy. So it's perfectly natural to have this emotion, but when it leads to constant suspicion or mistrust, it can quickly begin to erode your relationships. Controlling behaviors. Does your partner ask where you are all the time? Maybe they become annoyed or irritated when you don't immediately answer their texts or text you again and again until you do. These behaviors might stem from jealousy or a lack of trust, but they can also suggest a need for control, both of which can contribute to relationship toxicity. In some cases, these attempts at control can suggest abuse. We'll get into that. Next is resentment, holding on to grudges and letting them fester chips away at intimacy. And we talked about that before during the healthy section, that you got to get things out. You can't hold on to them. If you can't let things go, then you're not ever going to be able to make forward headway. So over time, frustration and resentment can build up and make smaller chasms much bigger. So 
It also depends whether you tend to nurse these grievances quietly because you don't feel safe speaking up when something bothers you. If you can't trust your partner to listen to you and your concerns, your relationship can be toxic. Dishonesty. You find yourself constantly making up lies about your whereabouts or who you meet up with, whether that's because you want to avoid spending time with this person or because you worry about how they'll react if you tell them the truth. Now, that's interesting because when I first saw that, we automatically go towards other people lying to us. But there are cases where we lie to the other person too, right? Patterns of disrespect. Being chronically late, casually forgetting events, and other behaviors that show disrespect for your time are a red flag. Keep in mind, some people may truly struggle with making and keeping plans on time. So, it may help you to start a conversation about this actual behavior. If it's not intentional, you might notice some improvement after you explain why it bothers you. Not leaving blame, but showing how it bothers you. Negative financial behaviors. Sharing finances with a partner often involves some level of agreement about how you'll spend or save your money. That being said, it's not necessarily toxic if one partner chooses to spend money on items the other partner doesn't approve of. It can be toxic, though, if you've come to an agreement about your finances and one partner consistently disrespects that agreement, whether by purchasing bigger ticket items or withdrawing large sums of money. So constant stress. Number nine, ordinary life challenges that come up, family members' illnesses, job loss can create tension in your relationship. Finding yourself constantly on edge, even when you aren't facing stress from outside sources, is a key indicator that something is off. This ongoing stress can take a toll on physical and mental health and you might frequently feel miserable, mentally and physically exhausted or generally unwell. Number 10, ignoring your needs. Going along with whatever your partner wants to do, even when it goes against your wishes or comfort level, is a sure sign of toxicity. And this is from clinical psychologist Catalina Lawson, PhD. They say that they plan, if you plan a vacation that will take you out of town on your mom's birthday, but when they asked you what dates were convenient, you emphasized that any dates were fine as long as you didn't miss your mom's birthday on the 17th. You don't want to point this out since you don't want to start a fight. You say, great, I'm so excited. So basically what they're saying is you've got to make sure that you can work within the boundaries of what people set for you, right? So if you tell someone that you want to be home for that birthday party, make sure make sure you work around that. They're telling you that because it's important. Number 11, lost relationships. So you stop spending time with friends and family, either to avoid conflict with your partner or to get around having to explain what's happening in your relationships. Alternatively, you might find that dealing with your partner or worrying about your relationship occupies much of your free time. 12. Again, this one came up before. Lack of self-care. In a toxic relationship, you might let go of your usual self-care habits. You might withdraw from hobbies that you once loved, neglect your health, and sacrifice your free time. This might happen because you don't have the energy for these activities or because your partner disapproves when you do your own thing. 
13, hoping for change. You might stay in the relationship because you remember how much fun you had in the beginning. Maybe you think that if you change yourself or your actions, they'll change as well. Number 14, walking on eggshells. You worry that by bringing up problems, you'll provoke extreme tension. So you become conflict avoidant and keep any issues to yourself. So you've got to bring in acceptance of responsibility. If you know and your partner knows the relationship is struggling and you want to improve it, that's a good sign. But you have to recognize past behaviors that have harmed the relationship on both ends, right? So to put, you have to have self-awareness and self-responsibility from both parties. A willingness to invest. Are you both, you and this person, willing to invest in making the relationship better? This is, uh, this may manifest by an interest in deepening conversations, setting aside regular blocks of time for spending quality time together. Shift from blaming to understanding. If you're both able to steer the conversation away from blaming more towards understanding and learning, there may be a path forward. Openness to outside help. Sometimes, not always, but sometimes you might need help to get things back on track, either through individual or couples counseling. There's no shame in getting professional help to address consistent relationship issues. And sometimes you can't pick up on everything contributing to the toxicity from inside the relationship. And having that outside source, whether it be from a counselor or someone you both trust to have both equal respect for you both would be helpful. And I know this was, this last part is more based around romance and like marriages and stuff, but it doesn't have to be. It works with a lot of cases. Both parties have to be willing to own their shit. Both parties have to be willing to have boundaries with other people and be willing not to cross other people's boundaries and morals and respect that. Because that's a big sign. If you have morals that are being crossed by your loved ones, that tells you something. That shows a lack of respect. If you are speaking out about how you feel and you're being answered with blame and criticism and being belittled to the point where you feel like you can't speak for yourself, that's not healthy. If one person will not be willing to hear what you have to say or you're not willing to hear what they have to say and it's only about you and your pain, then that's not going to get you anywhere. If you don't bring up problems as they arise and you let them build up and you explode later with all these issues, they're, they're moot by that point. And they're going to bring... They're going to bring in more issues into an argument than there needs to be. Make it a bigger argument. It's easier to talk about things as they happen and do so in an adult communicative way, not yelling and screaming or belittling. If you feel the need that you have to, that you have to prove your point and that what the other person says is, um, doesn't matter because your opinion matters more, then you need to check yourself. And we've all been in situations where we've all done this, or we've gone into what we think is going to be discussion or slash argument, 
feeling that our feelings are valid. And then when we're, but if you're willing to be open to hearing what the other person says, not just reacting to it, but willing to hear it, you'll see that you're not the only person that's usually hurt. And you have to be willing to see things from their point of view. And that's where your mental wellness comes into play as well, because you can't bring your best foot forward in a relationship if you're still stuck in yesterday's junk. So get rid of your junk. <laughs> and yeah, well, that's it, my dears. Bye-bye. Until next time.